Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. The Blast from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome back to Action Action, the action movie podcast that is about basically a love story between two friends with an estranged <laughs> brother. <laughs> kind of like the plot of um, A Better Tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually, uh, Sam <laughs> Sam on Patreon, he he like commented, he's like, yeah, sounds like a new description for your podcast. <laughs> sounds pretty accurate, actually. Uh, but this week we watched 1994's On Deadly Ground. Uh, this is a Patreon pick episode. We were going to have War Child on, but mm, he decided a no-show. <laughs> so Stood us up. Stood us up. Okay, to be fair, he's, he's ill. But oh, he's ill. <laughs> he's sick of the way that the environment has been treated <laughs> by this fucking country, uh-huh. <laughs> and why this movie isn't getting more traction. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into that. The political reasons. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I I am James, your host, uh, joined by always Dustin. Hey, and uh, we're a part of the BFOP network. Uh, if you haven't checked out the other great shows like Podcasting After Dark, Blast from Our Past, um, Talking Back, uh, Return Re- Revenge, Return Revenge. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I was almost there. I had the revenge part. <laughs> but anyways, before we get into the movie, Dustin, what have you been watching? What should we sync? Or destroy. Sink or destroy. <laughs> Damn it. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. Seek or destroy. Well, I'll, I'll start off with a destroy for you or a sink if you prefer. On, on deadly ground? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll c- calm down. Calm okay, down. okay. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I watched this movie from 1972 called Frogs. Frogs. Nice. I haven't seen it. <laughs> no? Haven't no. seen Frogs? No. Uh, a more appropriate title would be like frogs, snakes, scorpions, lizards, just the crocodiles. Swamp. Yeah, uh, this is a movie. It takes place on July fourth, and so I watched it recently uh, after I'd seen Jaws again for the umpteenth time. Uh, surprisingly, not as good as Jaws. <laughs> really, yeah, these people are living. I'm surprised by that. These people are living in this like kind of mansion in this swamp on an island. And the frogs are going crazy, and something's wrong. And uh, Sam Elliott, young Sam Elliott, is a photographer, okay. a nature guy, and he's like, "There's something messed up here." And he's yep. trying to, and he's trying to get these rich people to, to listen to him. They, they're, there's this old fucking grandpa who always celebrates his Fourth of July right here at this house, and nothing's gonna stop that from happening. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not great. There's, there's some cheesy fun 
here and you know each of these things kind of kill them off one by one as you know the spiders are doing some work and the crocodiles and all this stuff the frogs <laughs> but I don't know it's mostly kind of boring uh, I don't know I, I wouldn't seek it out unless you were like you're an animal attack like completist or something right uh, but I did rewatch Clockwork Orange hadn't seen that in quite a few years and Man, that movie is just a fucking experience. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. It is, man, it's hard to explain that movie. It's, it grabs you by the balls. There's no doubt about that. It's filmed amazing. It's Kubrick, of course. Great music. Um, it's an interesting, terrifying world in it, depicted in it. Uh, it's kind of interesting to try to parse out what, his meaning is what his intent in the movie is it was a movie that was heavily criticized when it came out of course because of the violence in it and that uh some people apparently like emulated the violence this gang these guys the droogs you know these characters and went around and started like beating people for fun so then the movie was pulled like in in the uk you couldn't see it um, right so we should never depict anything that someone <laughs> well might it's copy. done in such a way that it's i don't know it's there's something very visceral and unsettling about the movie no doubt and yes it depicts like rape and stuff like that as well and mm -hmm. um but it's a powerful fucking movie like a powerful cinematic experience to sit down and watch it and it, it had been quite a while so i felt like doing that again uh it's amazing it's an amazing film i just i still don't exactly know what to take away from it at the end of the right. day something to like think about but uh then i went and saw the new indiana jones oh okay the dial of destiny yeah so um what'd you think eh. <laughs> well i mean you have to go into it with very yes. low expectations I, I, I did uh I, the trailer when it, for the first trailer when it came out i was like okay maybe maybe this won't be so bad uh, and, and in, uh, in my heart, I was like, okay, it's probably going to be bad. But mm -hmm. I had a little hope that it would be right. uh, not terrible. And I, I guess I, I wouldn't say it is terrible, but it's it's not particularly <laughs> good either. Uh, you know, it, it retreads. It tried to retread some stuff from other movies to be like, oh yeah, here's those. Remember those? Remember hey, that you remember scene? that? Remember that scene you loved in Temple of Doom? Here, here's like another not as good right. scene of it. Right. Um, there are some fun set pieces in it. There's a really fun rickshaw car chase sequence uh, in Tangiers that I thought was pretty fun. But the the real problem for me is that like most of the movie is fake. Like it's like so much CG. It's that, all CG. Yeah. Yeah. So like at any given time, you could be watching the movie and be like, nothing that's happening on the screen at all is real. Like there's a scene where Harrison Ford is riding a horse in the streets. I think it's New York with this big parade going on and it's a chase sequence and he's trying to escape from some people and he's on a horse and you're like, he's not on a horse. They're not on that street. That, that parade isn't happening. Like nothing, nothing, nothing is real. And it, and it feels like that. Like it just feels that's brutal. fake, which, you know, when you look back at those three original movies, they were tactile. Like the yeah. effects were practical. There was sets. There was, it felt like it was real. Like you know, even if it was a you know a, a over the top silly adventure thing, mm -hmm. that stuff grounded the movie. You know, and if they were doing effects like a minecart chase, it was they were using miniatures and all this stuff. And plus, they were using like real, you know. Uh, I mean, and here's the thing. Like so, 
the major studios are just going to say, this is what it is. You're going to like it and we're going to shove it down your throat. Except uh, it's not it's not working for them. Like this movie didn't didn't do well. It's one of the, apparently it's one of the most expensive movies ever made. And it's it's made money, but it's not making its money back. It's because they didn't go full CG blue people. <laughs> That's what it is. Right. There's no superheroes in this movie. That's the lesson they're going to yeah. take away from this. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. If we had put Spider-Man in this thing. Uh, well, that would have been interesting, at least. would have killed it. I'd be like, how the fuck are they going to put this in? Um, there's little bits here and there. Like, it's not like you sit there and be like, oh, fuck. But it, it's, you know, there are some fun stuff here and there in it. It's just like, it just feels unnecessary. Right. Um, it has made me want to go back and rewatch kingdoms of the crystal skull and see how it com- this compares to that is it really that bad i actually don't think it is as bad yeah as everyone maybe said because as much as like shia labeouf is in that one <laughs> oh yeah by the way well this is a spoiler so if you don't want right. to hear any spoilers for this movie you know fast forward a, um, a minute here but uh in this movie there's just like an offhanded line about how he died in the war <laughs> oh nice that's hilarious <laughs> the vietnam war see a mutt yeah (laughs) i at least they kind of like tried to play it a little bit different in that movie right like yeah there was like the whole alien thing or whatever and i mean i didn't mind that aspect of the movie um there were actually there were good set pieces in that movie but i don't know there was also like the swinging on the vines stuff so (laughs) right yeah um i'm a mixed bag for me i don't know i'd give it a 2.5 if i was feeling generous out of five kind of thing okay middle ground and then last i'll mention i watched asteroid city the new wes anderson movie okay um and this was fun i liked it i mean it's not i don't think it's like top tier wes anderson um but although a lot of times with his movies it takes me a couple of watches before they kind of sink in with me like grand budapest i really love now and when i first saw it i was like meh but then the more i watch it like the more i like it kind of thing yeah, I'm going to have um, to watch that because I, I don't think I ever finished it. Oh, wow. Yeah, go back and watch it because it's, it's kind of him playing his greatest hits, but it just everything works really well in that really? movie. It's just fun. Hmm. Uh, this movie is also pretty fun. Great cast, obviously. Like, the cast is insane. I, I, I don't need to list it off. People, yeah. people know. But um, it's really fun in the sort of world. It's like a world within a world kind of because in the movie you're watching people putting on a play but then the play it but then it looks like it's a movie instead of a play while you're watching it I, it's right. hard <laughs> interesting hard to explain i'm not sure that that level of um i don't know like i don't know that they needed that extra level in there of that mm-hmm. but it is a fun place to hang out with these characters and right you know at the same time as it looks like so at west anderson it's also a bit different just because the setting in this Arizona town or whatever mm-hmm. is a bit different for him. So it's like he took you took his his sort of style and applied it to I don't know, a different area that he wouldn't normally kind of hang out in or something, but uh, I enjoyed it. it I, I'll I'll be interested to see if in the future if I if I think it's even better if I watch it again. I really like when like and you can like look up YouTube videos of when people they try to turn things like Here's this, but as a Wes Anderson movie, you know, I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it just like I get the shining. But if it was Wes Anderson, yeah, like that. yeah, I just like get so much joy out of watching those. Yeah, it's fun. 
because I, I just love his style West, is so his specific. Style. Yeah, right? yeah, it's just so unique, right? So, okay, cool. What about you, sir? What have you been watching? What well, I watched uh, DC League of Super Pets. Oh, yeah. I think that came out last summer. That came out last year. Um, uh, meh. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I wasn't really on board. I mean, I mean, I did give it three stars because my kids really liked it, <laughs> um, but I was kind of bored with it. What kind of a reviewer are you? You have no objective, <laughs> objectivity. I know, I know. <laughs> Influenced I'm by your children. fucking brutal. Um, <laughs> like, wait a minute. Those kids are dumb. This movie sucks. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's a kid's movie. So if they like it, sure. Great. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> uh, I would say, sure. Watch it. <laughs> uh, you got kids, I guess, at least. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched Extraction 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I still haven't even seen Extraction 1, because I figured at some point we're going to do it on the podcast. Well, we did do it on the podcast. We never did Extraction. I'm pretty sure we did. If we did, I wasn't there for I it. I don't think and you I were never, there. And I never heard the episode. I'm pretty sure we did. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. No, I, I don't thought think we, we did, did, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm just losing it. <laughs> That's how much it seems like we should have done it. Right. Uh, I didn't like Extraction. Right, I remember that. I remember you talking about it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I really didn't like it. It was very long. I just didn't think there was enough action. So I went into this movie being like, first of all, why am I watching this? First of all, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> just because Netflix tells me to watch something doesn't mean I have to watch it. But you do. But I do. <laughs> so fuck you, Netflix. Uh, I watched it being like, low expectations. They start going on this whole, like, it... Uh, starts basically where the first one ends which I can't fucking remember (laughs) and all this story with these characters and what the hell's going on where I'm like okay I don't know what's going on I don't give a fuck because about half an hour in it doesn't really matter he's like injured and then all of a sudden you know somebody shows up and says hey we need you to we, we got a job for you 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 got you got six weeks to get ready and so he goes from like limping never gonna be able to do anything ever again to like superhuman (laughs) thor right Mm -hmm. and so he's hired to uh do an extraction on a there's basically two brothers is like they started this gang and the one brother's in prison and he brought his wife and two kids into the prison to be with him so so there's like it doesn't really matter but there's this whole story he's hired to extract the wife and children okay right so anyways so they're they're in this eastern european country whatever country it's supposed to be because i can't remember it's like a prison riot fight like just just him fighting all these prisoners yeah and I'm watching this being like, this is like one continuous shot, right? It's not because they do those things. Right. They, little right? Tricks. Yeah. So I look it up and yeah, it's supposed to be a 21 minute continuous shot. Wow. And they saw one shot and they were like, yeah, we need to do the, this. Well, we need that. <laughs> and honestly, they did it pretty well. Yeah. Like it, it's fairly entertaining and the action is 
pretty well done. Like there's some CG stuff that is kind of like, eh, that's mm-hmm. pretty horrible. But overall, like for what it is for like a brain dead action movie, it's, I found it very entertaining. Okay. So it's a big step up from the first a one. Big step up. So, and you really, you have two major set pieces. You have the extraction in the prison where he's killing all these prisoners, okay? Then they rescue the family, they go to uh, like a high-rise building, and then there is the gang finds where they are, and now he has to extract them from the the Mm high-rise out of the building, so it's like a siege on the building now. Right. And it, it gets like insane with what okay. they do. So, so now I got to go watch the first one, slog my way through No, that, fucking you and don't. And watch the second one. You honestly don't need to because <laughs> I can't even remember what happens in the first one. But James, it's going to hurt my soul if I don't oh, see the first one. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> uh, okay, watch the first one. Okay. and But the second one, I feel like they kind of stepped it up maybe they listened to my opinions (laughs) yeah they were listening to like hey this james guy's got some good ideas more action less story (laughs) less talky talk less talky talk (laughs) more bang bang um so this podcast is all about (laughs) (laughs) so i would say you know what if you want a brain dead movie where you can just like watch some action it's not like amazing action but it's like eh, it gets you there (laughs) right it'll get you off eventually um then i would watch extraction too so all right just my opinion um take it or leave it (laughs) i don't know why you would take it but whatever and then I watched a movie on John's recommendation. Um, Who? He's dead. That guy's dead to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my dear brother. My estranged brother, John. Uh, He's he, off there trying to become a, a cop while uh, we're over here running a kim- criminal enterprise in his basement. Fucking narc. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, have you seen this movie, another Netflix movie, where it's just like, Hey, this is like top 10 in Canada. You should watch it, right? Okay. Recommend. I don't know if you watched stuff just, on Netflix. Netflix is really influencing you these days. I, you know what? And I fucking hate Netflix <laughs> because I hate who they are, <laughs> right? And what they do and what they stand for. Okay? Tubi, I can get behind. Right. Okay? They're bringing what the people want. <laughs> Where Netflix is like, here. They're the blue, call- they're the blue collar oh, yeah. streaming oh, yeah. service. Anyways, he's like, yeah, you should watch this. Or he's like, I watched this shitty movie that I would never watch, but Netflix said to watch it. So he wa- <laughs> he's turning into me. He watched, uh, it's called The Outlaws. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I know this. Okay. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it's got the dude from uh, Workaholics. Is that? Or no, that's not who that is. That is, is it? Oh, yeah, maybe. It, yeah, I think it is. Adam Devine. Oh, and uh, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, not good. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, y- you know what? It's not good, but there's like some funny lines in it. And 
And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. He's like, yeah, it, w- it was right up your alley, he says. <laughs> I watched it. I found it very boring. Not up your alley. <laughs> not very much action. Maybe it was too smart for me. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. You think it was a real s- <laughs> smart script? It seems like one? a smart movie. <laughs> I would say pass. You can probably pass on this one, okay? There it goes. He's, sink- he's sinking it. I'm sinking Sorry, it. Sorry, Adam Devine. Yeah, the outlaws. Meh. <laughs> What was the what was the idea behind it? Is this like a is it a crime comedy caper kind of thing? So what it is is a, it's a, a straight laced bank manager is about to marry the love of his life when his bank is held up by an infamous ghost bandits during his wedding week. He believes his future in laws who just arrived in town are the infamous outlaws. Okay. Okay. Guess what? They are. <laughs> <laughs> so you just spoiled it for so many. Oh people. man, <laughs> well, that's your own fault because he told you not to watch it. I, I told you not to watch it. Anyways, that's that's what I watched. Okay, didn't watch much, but that um, that's pretty good. Three movies. Yeah, it's a new record for the for this year. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, enough talky talk. Let's get to mm-hmm. our bang mo- bang. Our, <laughs> our real bang bang of a movie this week. Uh, let's roll the trailer. In this land of frozen beauty, where a proud people make their home, H's Oil is making a killing. People here want to talk about the poisons in their environment. If Aegis One is not online and operational in 13 days, then the oil rights will revert back to the Eskimos, and that is not going to happen. But there is hope, and now he's here. Steven Seagal is on deadly ground. You're an oil man. When I put out the fires, I stop spills. We are being lied to by some of the most sophisticated people on Earth. I know we've had our disagreements. How much money is enough? I don't need that kind of problem right now. Get rid of the problem. You mean mercenaries? Now this land has a friend. In you, I've seen a great spirit. These people have a warrior. Did you beat up on this little native man? And this corporation... Find me a body or find me the man. ...has a big problem. Who the hell is this guy? Sensei's company. Company? CIA. Whatever he is, he's a damn problem. Steven Seagal. Time to move out. Michael Caine. He'd need a miracle to stop us now. He's gonna reach out and touch somebody here. On deadly ground. All right, 1994's On Deadly Ground, Stephen Skull's directorial debut. Oh, fuck yeah, bud. Um, also starring himself and Michael Caine. And Some good actors. Joan Chen, Joan John Chen. C. McGinley, Arlie yeah. Ermey is in this fucking thing. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yeah, Billy Bob. <laughs> he has an awesome scene towards he the end. He, he really couple. does. 
All right, so uh, a blowout firefighter takes on an environmentally destructive oil corporation by causing many deaths and explosions <laughs> in Alaska. This is the fucking synopsis on IMDb. By causing many deaths? Somebody is, somebody is fucking with Steven with that synopsis. They're like, let's just break down your shitty... Oh, uh, you know, vanity project here, <laughs> Seagal. <laughs> so I love that. Again? Uh, a, a blowout firefighter takes on an environmentally destructive oil corporation by causing many deaths <laughs> and explosions in Alaska. That's right. Oh, man. That's accurate. That's pretty fucking accurate. That's for sure. Man, that's uh, hilarious. That is funny. Um, okay. War Child picked it. Andy picked this. Yeah, this and I don't Patreon. know why. I should have. I should have at least texted him and said, "Why did you want us to do this?" Movie? He's not here to defend himself <laughs> of why he loves this movie and it's on his top. Yeah, he 10. did tell me it's his favorite movie of all time. So, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what your relationship with this movie is? Yeah, so I, I saw it on video when it came out. I didn't see it in the theater, but I remember renting it after it came out because I was a Seagalsman at the time. I was mm-hmm. I was watching all his movies, and mm-hmm. he'd had a pretty good row, his hit, you know, bunch of hits in a row there for me. You know, but he did Above the Law, Hard to Kill, mm-hmm. Mark for Death, Out for Justice, yep. Under Siege, and then we got to this movie. So those those are all pretty good, especially you know for eighties action movies, and you know. I thought Seagal was cool at the time, as we've discussed before on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I remember at the time rent, renting this and thinking it kind of sucked shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember being like, well, that, that kind of stunk. Um, but, you know, uh, that wasn't like going to break, you know, I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, Seagal sucks now or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes you have a dud. Yeah. It was just a dud. And then I moved on. And, you know, interestingly, I guess he... He he only would agree to do Under Siege two if they let him direct this film and put this mil- this film out because it yep. was an important cause to Mr. Seagal. Right. Which we'll get into all that stuff. But uh, what about you? Had you seen this one before? Uh, I seen it once before, and I didn't remember most of the movie other than I think the the first um, explosion at the oil. Oh yeah, pump when he puts it out. When he puts it out. When he looks at some things and then he says a little to the left, a little to mm-hmm. the right, down, okay. And then he walks away the best. He walks <laughs> away and he hits the trigger. Oh yeah, you get that slow motion and the slow shot of the explosion it's behind so, him. It's so it's so bad. And of course, he's the only one Along with Michael Caine, Michael Caine doesn't duck behind something that or... that don't flinch, right? Which tells me they're both sons of bitches. They're they're both sociopaths. They're both psychos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because neither one of them's gonna back down. <laughs> That's yeah. really a foreshadowing, you know. For it really is. For all the you know what? In the film, this movie goes up. That was <laughs> that was clever. It's just gonna bump it up the notch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it starts out, we're introduced to Seagull, Forrest Taft, <laughs> as he's called in this film. Uh, yeah, and he is a, a blowout firefighter, so yeah, I don't really I know. I never what, got uh, that. Yeah, I never really knew what that was, but I guess it's somebody who, when there's these big fires on these rigs, 
they do sort of an explosion because like i you know the impact of the explosion puts the fire out i guess sort of thing and i think this is kind of a real thing well i i do find it funny because he shows up on the helicopter and then everyone on site is like forest yeah, is forest here fuck. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he'll get that fire he'll show that fire there's who's some, boss there's some hilarious like adr like background okay. voices in this movie of yes. people saying shit that were added later that's really funny this is what <laughs> this is the one thing i noticed about this movie Every fucking scene, yeah. there is added. Throw some some. We gotta have a some line voice. thrown in there. Yeah, in the background. It's really noticeable in the bar fight. Oh, scene. oh, a hundred percent it is. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you're gonna show that fire, Forrest, aren't you? You're yeah. gonna show him who's oh, boss. Oh yeah, Forrest, fuck yeah, Forrest, Forrest. <laughs> it's basically shit like that in the background. <laughs> yeah, Seagal's I know. Like we need people to know that everyone around this in this community fucking loves Forrest. Yeah. He, they think he is the biggest dick motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, he puts out that fire, and then of course the you know there's this old dude who's like the foreman at the rig, and he's like telling him, "Hey, this is bullshit. They've got these check the acquisitions or the check the tests. yeah." He's like, "There's some you know there's some kind of equipment that's supposed to be some kind of early warning thing or suppressant mm-hmm. or whatever that isn't working properly," and he's blaming Michael Caine's character. Michael Caine is this millionaire, billionaire oil company guy. <laughs> Love seeing him in a bolo tie throughout this movie. <laughs> this dyed, oh, slicked man. black hair. Um, <laughs> Apparently he took this movie because he couldn't get jobs. Really? At the that's, time? That's what I hard? read. Really? Like he wasn't really getting any, yeah, any get work. This, in this window? In the, yeah. There's a guy who has made a fuck ton of movies like so he's like yeah sure michael kane has got to be one of like the most prolific living actors in terms of how many movies he's been in it's crazy um but yeah i guess maybe that's true maybe he was like this was some lean times for him in these years because thinking back to it i'm i gotta i'd have to look but i'm like what, what else did he have coming out around that time i don't know um and then john c mcginley is his magruder is his like right hand man oh which he's awesome he's great with his fucking little circle with his glasses. glasses i love that those glasses he, john c mcginley always plays such a great prick in everything <laughs> yeah. oh yeah he's good and then they've got the muscle uh you know played by sven ole thorson who we've seen in tons of movies oh, he's, he's always a henchman abraxas yeah abraxas he's awesome um so did you hear the like did you in your research for this movie did you hear about the backstory with him? Yeah, wasn't there a thing where Seagal asked him to kick him and he did it kind of weakly at first and then the next time he asked him he like kicked him and he went he went right down to the ground. Seagal like fell down and so then he when they were filming the scene where he chops him in the throat, yeah. Seagal decided that he had had died from that chop and he wasn't going to be in the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, the guy is so petty. <laughs> It's so like so on brand for him. It's so on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're dead. You're actually you know dead what? now. That knife chop to the throat looks so good. That, that hand chop, you know, like yeah. you're just you're dead. You're dead. You're done. You're fucking out of the movie. You're never working this down again. Fuck <laughs> 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 me. Loser. Make me look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Apparently like wasn't this movie the movie that basically set him on um the path to direct to DVD? After well, this, well, it I don't was know. After much... this, he had un- he had a few still. He had he had uh, Under Siege two, 
And then he had, uh, there was The Glimmer Man with Keenan Ivory Wayans. Yeah, I've never, I don't um, think I've seen that one. But there wasn't much more after that. Fire Down Below, which was another sort of environmental message one that he was in. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that was the last one I saw in the theater of his, was Fire Down Below. And then, uh, he, then he started doing straight to video. But then he came back for Exit Wounds and uh, Half Past Dead. Oh, yeah. Those were the... Those Hell were like, yeah. Those were his attempts at a comeback kind of theatrical I stuff. I mean, smart. Yeah. Mix in some rappers. Yeah. Even the, you're the fat guy and you got the rappers <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was, you know, he's, he's starting to trail off now because this was his first one that was like, people were like, uh. <laughs> this is classic. The, the actor is getting way like... Too, too big for his britches? Yeah, exactly. When you should just uh, know your role, like don't get involved in directing. <laughs> you just like somebody says, yeah, you're going to play this part and you just fucking play. You just act. Okay. <laughs> don't try and get involved with this shit because then this is what happens. And by act, I mean, you know, pretend to break someone's arm. <laughs> that is the best acting. I mean, he does have really good one liners. There's some good ones in this. Yeah. But there's also some that are like, what the fuck? Okay, so with the bar fight that we talked about, after Forrest leaves the the oil rig he's put out, he goes to his favorite local watering hole. Yeah. There's a bunch of driller guys in there, and they're, like, giving an indigenous guy a hard time and, like, pushing him down and fucking with him. And uh, Oh, man. <laughs> and, of course, Forrest... Ends up getting in a fight with him. Mike Starr is the is the guy that's the leader of these goofballs. Yeah, um, he gets a, he ends up getting in a fight with him, of course. And it's like it's pretty much the same bar fight scene we saw in Above the Law and Out for Justice. Right, where you know they attack him one at a time. He fucks them up, breaks their arms, throws them around, um, which is fine, whatever. But like this is where we have the hilarious like background people that are like. Yeah. Yeah, Forrest, fuck him up. Like, <laughs> oh, this guy doesn't know what he's in for, I think is one yeah. of the ones <laughs> that somebody says. <laughs> um, just a bunch of shit like that. It's got to be the studio or somebody. Just, it's Seagal. Uh, you think so? Yeah, he's like, we need the uh, we need to we need add the people. This. Like, they're behind Forrest. They love Forrest here. Even though he's kind of a prick at the start of the movie where he's like... He's such an asshole. Well, like the, he's his, a cello. His buddy, yeah, his buddy is telling him about the thing. He's like... Why do you You're a whore now And all this stuff Because yeah. you work for the oil companies Because he works for Michael Caine And he's just like Right $360,000 I'd fuck anyone once Or something like that Well he calls He says all these things And He's like Yeah you're a whore now Like you used to be a good man And all this stuff And then Seagal's like You're right Or you're wrong about one thing I used to be a good man <laughs> It's like Fuck me but this is so in the Bart fight is when he gets one of his weirdest lines ever at the end. Yeah. So yeah, he he beats up Mike Starr, does the hand slapping game with him. Yeah. Beats him up a bunch, and then he's like, "What does it take to change the essence of a man?" <laughs> this need, is where you know that this movie is gonna get like fucking weird. weird. <laughs> I need time to change. <laughs> I need time. And then four says. I do too. I do too, brother. <laughs> like what? What? So, so this isn't going to be just you know Seagal beating the shit out of people. This is going to be Seagal beating the shit out of people, brutally murdering them, but also imparting some spiritual wisdom to the viewer. But also being like, you know what? We're all fucked up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
we all are fucked up deep down. And you know what? I Sometimes I got to kill people to save the environment <laughs> or blow up <laughs> or oil, blow up oil rigs, rigs to save the environment, to save the ocean. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Uh, I just, I just thought it was so funny. Like he, he's, you know, he's really teaching this bully a lesson and not just by beating him up, but like, embarrassing him and but then, making him think about like philosophically like what the fuck is the matter with you <laughs> it's so bizarre like just fucking throw him like i don't know what is the root of your behavior <laughs> through a window or something like yeah. there's no satisfaction in this <laughs> you play a child's game where you slap you play slap the hands and then and then you say, like, what is it going to take for you to change? <laughs> Fucking weird. And he's and he's receptive to it. He's like, I need time. I need some time. I, uh, that's what's so weird about it. <laughs> he's not like, fuck you, and tries to go for, like, one last punch. And yeah, then like, like breaks stab his him or something. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what w- should happen. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and then, so, meanwhile, uh, Michael Caine is like, okay, John McCain McGinley, you got to go and kill this old guy because he's causing too much trouble. He's digging up facts about our, our about our shitty pipeline workings and like how I don't know what they're doing. They're like, they're pumping dangerous chemicals back into the ground or something, and like they're they haven't been following safety regulations. And I've never really got what why they like other than you know whatever typical corporate malfeasance. But I didn't get like the sort of. Okay, he needs to get this giant rig up and running, Aegis, the Aegis rig. Yeah, uh, and he needs to do it by within a certain time frame, or he loses his rights to this to native land that he's built it on. Yeah, um, yeah, he has to be pumping. So he doesn't care oil. about the fact that he's. Meanwhile, like he's kind of destroying all his other concerns at the he, same time. Yeah, he doesn't care. He'll risk it all. Just to make sure he keeps control of it, right? But would he keep control of it if his his rig blew up? I don't. That's doesn't part, matter. It doesn't matter <laughs> as long as he got he got it running first. Because I think by the end, if he can, I think his thinking is by the end, if I can show that I started pumping and then, then it gets, I'll still I'll still have the and then it gets like, uh, blown up by Forrest because he's a terrorist now right he's an eco-terrorist right and the FBI are there because he's a terrorist mm-hmm. then he could say hey listen the terrorist blew it up right now which I they which time. they blame him you know for earlier so like they murder the old guy they don't find his discs that have the they fucking murder him but use like a pipe cutter that's not how <laughs> the pipe cutter works, okay? I, the the tool that they... It's okay. so frustrating. <laughs> I don't think most people are going to care about that detail. No, James. I know, but it really bothers me because I know how that tool is used. And it it's used to clobber people, right? It, no, no, they, they used it as if they put it on his leg. Right. And then they they twisted it around or whatever the fuck they... Anyways. (laughs) It was like at the beginning of the movie where he shows up to stop that rig from... That was on fire from like blowing up. Mm -hmm. And he uses like signs for the crane. I looked up... I had to like in my head, (laughs) I had to look up like... 
I'm pretty sure those weren't the proper signs. And what? They weren't. <laughs> Take and, that. Take that, Seagull. And I wherever just, you like, are sitting in Russia right now. <laughs> I know you're listening to this. <laughs> and I just was like, this fucking guy couldn't even get like the proper like rigging signs for like crane <laughs> operation. Well, why bother? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess why would I care about stupid shit like that? Yeah. I think there's a lot of other things. Fuck we, this guy. There's a lot of other things we can I know, point out about I the movie. Um, so they murder the old guy, and then they're like, "Hey, Forrest, I know you're pissed." And Michael Caine's like, "I know you're pissed at me," and blah blah blah. Can you do me this one last favor? This uh, this other rig is having a problem. Can you go check it out? So they, of course they bring him there in a the helicopter, and he goes in to have a look. And of course it's like set up with dynamite to blow. Forrest is so fucking stupid though, <laughs> because like, yeah, can you like go deal with this on a helicopter with the CEO owner mm-hmm. of this billion dollar company and the right hand man and, yeah, the, and his like scumbags, his muscle and whatever. Be, because they all have to be on the helicopter <laughs> yeah. with him. Like, so of course they blow up the building, detonate the building. He gets out just in time an explosion. Well, it looks like he's engulfed in the flames, frankly, but yeah, he's not burned. Uh, well, he's he wearing is, the suit. He is injured and he, he is uh, injured and the, the Inuit people find him and mm-hmm. take them take him to there yeah they use the word eskimo a lot they do say eskimo a lot in this movie uh and now we get into some weird shit Very here weird. while he's when he's at their camp their home yeah uh they're nursing him back to health but it's a weird nursing back to health scene where it doesn't really sh- go through the process of showing him like where he's like all fucked up or anything he just kind of like wakes up and he's laying on a bed and he's talking to the to joan chen's character where she's explaining, you know, what happened, why he's here, blah, blah, we helped you, we brought you here. And he's just like, he's just chilling. He's just like laying on that bed. He's like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And he's like trying, it's almost like Seagal's like, even while I'm laying down convalescing in this bed, I have to be really cool. Yeah. And he's just of like, of course he does. He's just laying there with like no emotion. You don't, you don't buy that he's like recovering from anything. He's just laying there and being like, Okay, yes. Uh, and then, you know, the father comes over and he's like, you know, he saw you in a vision. You're, he, you're, you're the, the bear. bear. And he's like, I'm just a mouse trying to escape from an eagle and then raven's, oh, a raven's nest. <laughs> he goes on and on about like, I'm just trying to escape and, you know, lay low in the shadows in the brush so the... The raven can't get me. The greedy raven who only wants the shiny gold. And I'm just a poor little mousy. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> some, some depth going on here. But then it gets even weirder that they have like a fucking ceremony. Or does he dream about that? There's like... There's well, like a I think an he, Inuit sort of ritual performed or something. Okay, I I do not believe any of the shit that is depicted in this movie is accurate. Oh no, not for a second at all. Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure they don't do this. I don't think they consulted anybody. No. Well, <laughs> he has that weird. Dream. The daughter is Chinese. Yes, the actress playing the character <laughs> so, is Chinese. Uh, I'm not sure. I how doubt that any works. of these were actual Inuit people playing these characters, but. Um, he has this dream sequence where he's there's this old woman who's like I guess supposed to be Mother Nature basically, 
And meanwhile, there's also like this this like sed- sex. naked, sexy Inuit woman. So he's like full frontal nudity. We got. He's like he's like yes, this is a spiritual film. Also, I want to have some bush in here. <laughs> Gotta have bush. It's all about nature. Yeah, it's all about nature. It's, you know, going back to the primal. And and so I don't really understand what's even happening in that scene. So it's like she's like, come on over here and like fuck me. And Mother Nature's like, no, no, no I got some shit I got to lay on you. Yeah, so uh, it's like a choice. Right. He has a, this is the crossroads. And you choose this path, which is like man's temptation. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the lusts. The- yeah, right. Or you, do you choose the spiritual path? Right. Mother Nature, mm-hmm. right? Of course he chooses the spiritual oh, path. there's never any doubt. After the man the right path. Thing. <laughs> After, he's already done the man path. Yeah. It's weird. It's a very prolonged... Um, yeah, well, this whole middle part of the movie, like, because after he does the putting out the fire and the bar fight, this whole middle section, there's like no action for a very long time in this movie. Yeah, very long. Well, he's recovering and he's talking with these Inuit people and uh, figuring out what to do next and blah, blah, blah. And then him and Joan Chen riding horses across the countryside for a long time. Um, it's like an hour 45, I think, this movie about. Yeah. And man, like... I'll admit that there's a lot of action at the end of the movie, but it's like it's all in like the last third of the movie. Like the whole movie is them kind of. It feels like the whole movie is them, like he he goes mushing with like the fucking sled dogs for a while and stuff. Yeah, I know. We got to have some footage of Seagal, like you know, on the on the sled. You know, we got to get that in there. I'm sure it's not even him. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it's not. Um. And then we got to have Seagal on a horse, so it feels like a Western for a while kind of thing. And, like, what baffles me is, like, so there's, like, the part where he's going to get all the stuff from his stash, and they show this shot of this fucking shed on the side of a cliff where you're like, who the fuck would put that there, first of all? He's like, I got this here just in case. She's like, what, in case the end of the world? Because <laughs> he's got all these yeah, I know. explosives he, he, and stuff. He's got all these fucking like mines and mortars and like whatever the fuck. But the funny thing is the whole point, like what was the point of going there? Because they go there. I guess he gets some of it, some of the explosives, doesn't he, while they're there. But he just sets them all to like blow well, he, because they're being now they're being pursued by a team, a militia team that, yeah. that Michael Caine has hired. John C. McGinley's like, I know, I know some guys in New Mexico, blah, blah, blah. So he's, they hire a militia team. Oh, yeah. And then Michael Caine's like, that's, we use those people in third world countries. And his like lawyer woman that works for him is like, she's like, uh, yeah, Alaska. she's like, Alaska is a third world country. We just happen to own it. <laughs> so wow. they're being pursued in these choppers. And it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, follow me here. To this place just so I can set it to blow up so it will it like takes out it, one of the it choppers. It takes out one of the choppers, yeah. And then he sets like those booby traps, right? Yeah, he gets the booby traps and, going. And you get the the lead mercenary. Um yeah, Arlie Ermy. Yeah, which classic. Classic. I mean his <laughs> voice alone, yeah. right? Like he's like the all time like, oh, yeah. soldier guy. Yeah. Um and he, he And Billy Bob is one of these <sighs> one Billy of these malicious Bob. guys. Now this is the same year that Sling Blade came out, which he, I think, I, th- I don't think he directed it, but he starred in that movie, and it was like his big 
indie movie project, and I think he won a fucking, or at least was nominated for an Academy Award for that movie. Really? It was the same year that he's playing a henchman in the Steven Seagal movie. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess he must have shot the Seagal movie first, and like he, it had his movie hadn't broken out. Well, yet, he's right? not in very many scenes. No, he's only got a couple, but he does get he does get like the funniest lines in the fucking movie almost. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, at the at the end, his line is, um, "It's him and another henchman. They're like on a catwalk overlooking." Yeah, they they know Seagal is coming. All these explosions and shit, and people dying. And he's like, "Jesus Christ, this motherfucker's good." I told you it was good, didn't I? <laughs> but in the in that special Billy Bob twang. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he's good. He's coming this way though. <laughs> yeah. He's great. And he tells the other guy too, uh, when they're when they're at the booby traps on the horses, the guy is like he's like, Oh, this I thought this guy was gonna be good. He's this is such an obvious trap, whatever. And gets on his horse and Billy Bob's like, Careful, that's gonna get you killed. <laughs> so it's just his delivery is yeah. classic henchman shit. Yeah. Um but the booby trap stuff now here's the here's the one positive I will say about this movie. The kills get pretty gnarly for this kind of thing. Like there's some fucking great squibs in this. There is. Uh we get the booby trap where the guy falls down on the the spike trap kind of wooden When did he have time to fucking make that spike trap? <laughs> or was that he had that from before? Who knows. <laughs> Cuz we see him setting up these little things, you know, I'm going to tie this string over here to this and this little thing. <laughs> Honestly, here he's setting water. this shit up and I don't believe <laughs> any of it. I don't believe Well, this is where we find out he is ex CIA. As, which, oh, which is a true which, story. Which is a true story, <laughs> based on Seagal's real life. Yeah, but also a, a storyline that we've seen him use, like in three fucking movies. He's always he's XCIA. always an XCIA agent. He's like, that's, yeah. the, that's the truth about me. It's cut from the headlines. <laughs> so again, once again, well, who is this fucking guy? Well, I, we were he's so top secret, we couldn't find anything on him. Oh, somebody told me he's a he's a company man at the top of the, you know like yeah. all this oh, shit I like know. you know this that dialogue hold on i gotta pull up this arlie ermy line that i thought was hilarious that he says about him he's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire <laughs> you oh could my. drop this guy off at the arctic circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush and tomorrow afternoon he's gonna show up at your poolside with a million dollar smile and a fistful of pesos what does what? that fucking mean <laughs> Uh, it means he travels light, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, bikini underwear. <laughs> I don't even understand what the fuck that means. It's just jargon. It's just <laughs> bullshit. It's just meant to sound like hilarious, yeah. like, I don't know, tough guy talk or something. But man, that cracked me up. I don't even know what he's saying. It is something. Um, but yeah, so he's got those booby traps. They're chasing him. They chase him to that house, the old guy's house where he finds the disc. Yeah. He gets some guns. There's actually some pretty good kills here. He's fucking the guys up. This is where he kills Sven. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> You're not in the rest of the movie. Na 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 na. But the squids That'll show are you good. to kick me hard. Like he, when he shoots fuckers, there's there the blood is flying and stuff. So I was like, okay, so it's it's his environmental like eco action film. Where he really fucks guys up. Yeah, he fucks people up. He, also, like these henchmen, it's like they've never operated a gun before because of the way they shoot and hold their gun. It's like that funny henchman, um, it doesn't need to make sense. It's just right. they're kind of like 
in an area where <laughs> where Steven Seagal is gonna like Aikido him like right. toss you know, him around toss him around uh, break the wrist three, three, three different places and throw him through a window I honestly thought how many of these people did he actually hurt <laughs> right probably some probably some because they're like okay I'm just gonna go with whatever and I'm gonna try to fall in a way that I'm not gonna like hurt myself right yeah. but I could see him just going over the top like I really gotta like I really gotta show that I I fucked this guy up right right um well and the other funny thing too is like this is where he gives now he gives Joan Chen a speech because she's like well how many people are you gonna murder and he's like He's, he's kind of like, well, whatever it takes, because like this is the real world. And he's like, he says, he oh, says, I love, I, the, know. I love the spirit world too. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like some deep traveler. I love the spirit world and all that jargon. But I love yeah. all that shit. But the truth is, sometimes you got to blast a fucking guy with a shotgun. <laughs> basically, is what he's telling her. Yeah, and that shit's not going to save you. The spirit world's not going to save you. <laughs> We're like, living in the real world. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I learned your spiritual lessons. Now it's time for the real effective shit. No, it just tells me he didn't learn shit. That's what it tells me. Yeah, yeah no. but the movie wants us to think like, oh, he's he's he he's walks the line. He's enlightened. Oh yeah. yeah. But also, yes, he's like he's like right on that line. He's like, okay, yes, I will take in the spiritual, but I'm gonna do whatever it takes so that the good side wins, kind of thing. Um, but at what cost, Dustin? At what cost? At what cost? Oh, here's a line from Michael Caine in the movie. Forrest Taft is a is the patron saint of the impossible. <laughs> I wonder how, how does how does uh, how does Michael Caine know all this shit about him? Like, because he talks about him as if like does he know that he's ex CIA? Because the way that he talks about him is like, oh, he is. He's gonna fuck us up. Like, I mean, you do get the impression that Michael Caine knows who who uh, Steven Seagal is. Well, I almost wondered by the end of the movie. If Michael Caine was supposed to have also been in the CIA with him or something at some point in the past, um, because maybe. there's a line when at the very end of the movie when they're at the giant oil rig and the big showdown has happened, and they're and he's got Michael Caine there, and Michael Caine says, "Is this your is this your whore now? This woman? This he's like <laughs> we had better we paid you and I he says you and I paid for better whores for five dollars in Bangkok. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> that line." <laughs> So I was like, that wait, line wait, Forrest is went to Bangkok with him and fucked five dollar prostitutes. Yeah, with him, like with him together, like buddies. Like, let's go fuck some like Thai what hookers. fucking world is this? <laughs> well, so that's why I was like, what? So we're supposed to think these guys palled around this guy who Steven Seagal now thinks is like the biggest piece of shit ever. These guys palled around at one point, going to they went to Thailand together. What? Partied, had sex with prostitutes together, and Seagal is supposed to be like this good guy. So I was like, so is that supposed to be like they were in the CIA at the time and they happened to be over there? I don't know, because there is this line earlier in the movie with the old guy. Uh, you used to be a good man, Forrest. Now you're nothing but a whore, right? And Forrest says, for $350,000, I'd fuck anything once. Right. And for $5, too. I, I guess for $5. I mean, he's not getting the one getting paid in that situation, I guess. The confusing thing is, is at no time in this movie do I feel like this guy's a good guy. 
Forest. At no time in this movie am I like, <laughs> yeah. Well, because at the beginning it kind of establishes like, oh, he has sold out. At one point people liked him, but he has sold out. And now he's supposed to be kind of finding the light again, and which he does through this experience of meeting these Inuit people. Yeah, but then but he immediately <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, the spiritual mumbo jumbo, fuck that's that. That's cool. I like that and all. That's but. cool and all. That's kitty <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This is the real world. It's like he wanted us to know that he had a spiritual side, but like he's not a fucking pussy or anything. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> when it comes down to it, he fucks. That's what he wants <laughs> yeah. everyone to know. It's Steven Sig- <laughs> or Forrest fucks, okay? At least he doesn't fuck Joan Chen. That would have been terrible. Oh, man. I am so thankful. Probably remove the scene. Now, apparently, there was a woman who was an extra on this movie that that, that did accuse Seagal of uh, of sexual assault. And you're this. surprised by this? No, I, I think we like, talked. We might have talked about it on one of the other podcasts. It was the this is the one where she he invited her to his hotel room to do oh some scenes. casting session yeah, right. or something, and she showed up and it was supposed to, no, no no he no it was supposed to be a party going on at his hotel room oh but and it was she a party showed up of one or and two. it's just him in a house coat kind of thing what a uh, oh, ugh yeah. yeah that is fucking disgusting i assume a guy like this walks into a grocery store and someone's getting sexually assaulted <laughs> like he's such a piece of shit he's he's really turned out to be like the biggest scumbag of all the people we've talked about on this podcast all the you know, all the actors we've covered, and you know, a lot of people have done unsavory things. Oh yeah. Um, but he just seems like the fucking worst of the worst. Well, there's no like redeeming quality about him. There's nothing. There's no. I mean, he looks cool and he breaks a guy's neck. <laughs> but like, yeah, uh, he's just a horrible person. Turns out. Well, like I do want to. I do want to bring this spir- up again. That spiritual shit. Just isn't for him. It's fine, but you know. That's, that's kitty shit. That's schoolyard shit. <laughs> Here's another Michael Caine line when John C. McGinley's like, Who the fuck is he? And he says, You want to know who he is? Try this. Delve down into the deepest bowels of your soul. Try to imagine the ultimate fucking nightmare. And that won't come close to this son of a bitch when he gets pissed. So Michael Caine knows something about him. Because how the hell does it, would he know that stuff? Um,. But anyway, so we get the scene. They're pursuing him through the woods on the horse. They jump over the cliff and their horses. Oh, then I he, know. Then he blows it up the other side. Yeah. And then they get to the, the bad guys get there. The one guy's like, oh, he's good. <laughs> oh, he's real good. I'm like, well, we know where he's going anyway. He's going to the fucking giant rig to blow it up. So they all go there. They've all got set up to wait for him. And of course... He's sneaking in and setting his little bombs, and he's fucking guys up pretty good. He's got the, he makes that little like silencer out of a glass bottle thing and shoots the guy through the window. And oh yeah, it's like a Coke two liter bottle. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's like a bunch of fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, which I'm like, there. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you're not led to believe that like he's trying to be quiet. No. So <laughs> why is he using? A why silencer? is he doing that? I don't know. Because he's also setting off bombs. So it's like I used the silencer on this guy. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> blow that up over there. <laughs> blow um, that shit up. Um, I think most of these. I mean, maybe the action itself isn't that great, but the kills are good. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like each person dies pretty brutally. They um, do. 
you know, Arlie Ermey comes up out of the oil. He's like hiding in the oil and he's got the shotgun and he's like, stay right there, motherfucker, whatever. Uh, and of course, he's like supposed to be this experienced militia, whatever, assassin guy. But for some reason, he walks within reach of the like. Why doesn't he just shoot Steven Seagal with it's the classic. shotgun? It is classic. It, it's just so. But it's trope. just like I, it's just like Arlie Ermey. Maybe it's you know all the weight you put into him having seen him in so many movies and stuff mm-hmm. like Full Metal Jacket and whatever else, where you're like, this guy is not dumb enough to fucking do that. I know. Even if all the other henchmen, even if I could buy it from all the other henchmen, like he he wouldn't do that, would he? And Seagal, of course, like flips the shotgun on him, and it's a good death. Like he blows, yeah, it, it is blows the, his back basically. Um, so I don't know. Like this stuff here is fun. This the last third of the movie is all the action is packed into this part. It's just it's such a fucking god awful fucking message movie, and like we'll get into his speech at the end. But um, there's some fun stuff here too. John C. McGinley he puts into the helicopter blades spinning blade on the back of the helicopter oh yeah right um and the the woman lawyer i thought that was hilarious yeah she's like trying to get away fuck this guy she gets in the truck she gets and, in like, the truck yeah drives and gets crashes pinned. immediately into the gas and blows up she's all fucked up though like she's I all know. bloody and shit i was like oh yeah I, was the audience really like oh man i can't wait to see that bitch get it she's just kind of there honestly when <laughs> she when she dies i'm like I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, they gave her one of the, like, worst deaths of, like, yeah. oh, yeah, the audience is really going to want to see her get her comeuppance. But, like, she's just kind of around throughout the movie, like, saying lawyer stuff. I honestly thought it would have been better if she got away because she's a lawyer and it's just, like, the lawyer trope of, like, they're snakes and they always get away. Right. Like yeah. Um, but She'll live to... to- yeah. defend another scumbag yeah, exactly. somewhere else yeah but uh, like okay sure you, you want to kill her all right <laughs> brutally yeah brutally okay like she, her death is just as brutal as any of the other yeah major deaths like you have to suffer yeah <laughs> take that you stupid bitch uh we didn't talk about um the commercial oh that michael kane is shooting the oh man that was hilarious commercial. and we haven't talked about all the protest scenes and stuff yeah. too uh yeah there is a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, he's like doing the commercial with what is it like a reindeer? With reindeer, yeah. Oh, he's filthy! Fucking get them away! From get me. them away like, from he's me! He's like just the cartoon, yeah, villain. He can like switch it on and like he can be like so pleasant and like you know it's all about the environment and this is our home too and we have to take care of it. It's like cut. Get these filthy animals out of here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, bring up those fucking cue cards so I can read them. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> he launches into the ad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's all these protest scenes with different indigenous people and stuff and talking about how he's raping the land and all that. And he's he's just like, he's fucking yahoos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not much to that stuff other than just the whole point of the film, all the environmental message stuff. But yeah. I know. Um, how do we? How does he get to? How does he kill Michael Caine? Oh yeah, so he has set an explosive that's gonna like blow up the entire giant rig, right? Which uh, we get those hilarious establishing shots of it with like the yep. green screen or whatever. Yep. Um, you do get the comical uh, control room before all this. You get the comical control room. Oh, where he like, just hits every button. Uh, I'm gonna go to the washroom. 
and I'll be yeah. right back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the next person is like, uh, I got to go get some reports. And then Michael Cade's <laughs> like, uh, you stay here. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. You keep watching this. And everyone's fleeing except Michael Caine, basically. And he's like, because he's staying to protect his yeah, investment. Because he's got to get that oil pumping. And you know the militia guys that are left are running away and he's like you cowards blah 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 <laughs> like <laughs> why would they stay and stuff the place is like blowing up around them i know uh john when john c mcginley dips he's like you fucking he's like i'm not so stupid to stay around here and he's like yes you are i was like what that doesn't make any sense he's leaving he's literally leaving yeah i know <laughs> the, the lawyer's like i'm just gonna go to the bathroom <laughs> she's like i'm out of here uh so then he's got Michael Caine up there and he's like, you won't shoot me. You've got your code. You, you know, you're the honorable man or whatever. Right. And he, he lassoes him with a fucking metal cord, whatever. Yeah. And hangs him off the, uh, the platform so that he'll blow up, I guess, in the, the explosion. I guess. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, he, we saw him use a bull rope earlier, too. Like, he's a real cowboy. Like, in the bar fight, he uses a rope around the guy's neck to, like, toss him around Yeah, and stuff. okay, but, okay, that really bothered me, actually, because he grabs a rope, and I'm like, okay, so he's going to lasso some people? No, he just uses it to hit people. He hits people, and he, like, wraps it around their neck. And like throws them, but he doesn't like he doesn't like tie it up around. No. He just uses it as it is, as like a as as a looped like. He could have grabbed a rag, like right. it could have been anything. Like it could have been anything. Yeah, I shirt. Just, <laughs> like weird choice. Well, because he's a cowboy, but he's a rope. Is he a cowboy? I don't really know what. I don't he know. Is. He's in that fucking western fringe jacket in the bar with the tassels on it. I, I know. And then he's you know there's large horse riding scenes. I feel like he wanted to be like making a western here. That's true. Um, and be like, you know, Seagal. Finally, Seagal gets to be the Clint Eastwood, you know. Of, I, I don't know what he wants. Because, like. <laughs> he's a confusing man. He's, he's an enigma. Very confusing. <laughs> very confusing. Uh, so, yeah, he blows up the huge rig, kills Michael Caine. Uh, and then at the end, the end of the movie is him at some sort of, like, symposium or something giving a speech about the environment and oil, the dangers of big oil. Yeah. And it's like a serious like message speech yeah. that he's giving. Do you want to read this whole speech? Holy shit. No, I don't want to read the whole speech. <laughs> it's fucking long. It's long. And apparently the scene was longer and the, and the audiences were like, fuck. And they started like, like, you know, test audiences. They started like booing. Booing and yeah. shit. So he cut Ooh. it down like four minutes or something. It's still long as it is in the movie. Like it's a long speech about, the environment. So here's my question, though, yeah. James, after we get this message from him. Do you think all these stories we've heard about Steven Seagal, all this stuff that meant to make him look bad in the media and to, and to, you know, make this discredit him, make him look like a scumbag. Is this all big oil? Just trying to prevent this message from getting out all this stuff. They're ruined. They're, they've tarnished this man's reputation. They've made him look as if he is a rapist and a, and a sexual pest mm -hmm. and an asshole. All these stories. Right. So could they have been made up by big oil? Okay, so <laughs> as a revenge. That would be like every actor employee <laughs> on movie sets that he's worked on, all of these stories. Yeah, they've paid they've put money in their all their pockets. All of their pockets. All of their pockets. Mm. 
This is the new cue right here. I don't know about that. <laughs> we could start something right here. Uh, just... Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I Cause mean, because here's the thing, though. Like, yeah, obviously, I'm fucking kidding. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. The message is not a bad one that he's trying to get across. It's here. not a bad one. And apparently it's that just, message at the end was 40 minutes. Holy fuck. Yeah. So um, it's on the DVD extras. <laughs> yeah. So Steven Seagal. 40 minute speech. So this is under executive meddling. Okay. A positive example of executive meddling. Steven Seagal filmed almost 40 minutes worth of footage for the environmental message he delivers at the end of holy the film. Holy shit. And was going to use all 40 minutes in the final cut. The combination of pressure from Warner Brothers and disastrous preview screenings, audiences, <laughs> audience members booing and laughing and making obscene gestures for the entire sequence led Seagal. Well, can you imagine you went to see a Seagal action movie? And you just watched an hour and a half movie or whatever. And then, and then he does a 40 minute minutes. speech about the environment. Okay. Seagal to cut the final scene down to seven minutes. <laughs> seven from 40. Seven feels long. Holy shit. I do not want to see I just find the rest of that. I find it interesting that he obviously he had some sort of like passionate feeling about this this was the movie he wanted to direct this is the movie he wanted to put out he wanted to put in a 40 minute fucking lecture but here's the thing with a guy like Seagal it can't be because he's actually concerned about the, the health of the world it's got to be that he wants to be the savior he I, wants yeah, to be well, the I guy think, I think that's what it is he wants and he wants to be the one to lecture people about something like yeah he's gonna be the one that teaches you the lesson about what needs to happen yeah totally I think that's what it was <laughs> I think they thought oh this he thinks that if I do this like he might believe all this stuff well and, he might but I don't like you know I. That's why he went to Russia with, him, to deal it, with this environmental, right? Yeah, because he wants to help the environment. Yeah, it just seems to me like the only reason he was into this was like because he had a chance to be at the forefront of some sort of movement and be like looked at as some kind of leader in this area or something. Yeah, because he thought this is how I can like get even more power and more right. influence. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond just the action films, I know. So also apparently he. Um, he had to agree to be an executive decision for like five minutes so that yeah exactly so that so steven seagal insisted that he get to direct this movie and studio executives against their better judgment uh said yes seagal's inexperience and lack of interest in the finer details of what a director does resulted in production <laughs> uh budget going out of control Fortunately for the studio, there was a clause in Seagal's contract that stipulated that unapproved budget overruns would come out of his salary. Right. Unfortunately for Seagal, the overages quickly rose up to equal his entire paycheck. (laughs) He ended up appearing in executive decision in exchange for the studio for giving his debt. Right. Oh man. Insane. That's why he's in so all these years people have been like, why is Seagal in this movie for ten minutes? So and that's why. Killed. And that's why. 
That's why. Because they could sell the movie and be like, executive decisions during Kurt Russell and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Steven Seagal, by the way. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, Seagal and Kurt Russell? Cool. Let's go see this. <laughs> he yeah. dies right away. I mean, probably the best part of that movie. It's a movie we'll have to do. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. That's so funny. So he... He didn't make. He didn't get paid for this movie, basically. Well, he did. Oh, maybe he got paid as an actor, but not as a. Yeah. So, so he wasn't gonna get paid. Right. But then he did because he did executive. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> That's hilarious. Those studio executives were probably like, "Haha, we totally got you, sucker." <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure Actually, they were. Actually, it says right here. Now the funny thing is, okay, so I'll say this though, like watching the movie. It doesn't feel like it's incompetently made. Like, it, you know, like I, when I, you see directed it's by Steven Seagal. It's poorly acted. Well, sure. And it's just a dumb story and everything. But, like, I don't think his direction was bad, which the only thing I noticed really was, like, the editing is very fucking quick. Like, uh, like somebody will deliver a line, like, oh, we got it. And then, like, it, it, the way that it cuts to, like, oh, we're moving on with this action here, um, it's just very, like, I don't know, chop, like it's just very chop, 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 very chop. Choppy, like, yeah. like it's not, there's not a flow to it in that sense. But I mean, I can't really make fun of him and say, oh man, he did such a shitty dub directing this. Like I'm sure he was a fucking prick on the set. I would love to hear some more stories about that. Yeah. But uh, I can't say that it like is any more shitty than a lot of these action movies that were coming out at the time of the medium, no. medium budget sort of studio action Yeah, things. I mean, I agree. I don't think di- directional-wise it was that bad. It was just the story and his acting and his lines and just... <laughs> it's it really change? decisions that you were... you got to ask yourself, though. Like, what mm-hmm. does it take to change the essence of a man? <laughs> it takes time, Dustin. It takes time. Yeah, time and more Seagal films. <sighs> so many more here's one last line for you arlie ermy says to one of his security guys i want you to protect this entrance like it was your sister's cherry tonto he says to the native character that's on his team wow good stuff eh it is really good <laughs> jeez um, i don't know who wrote this one but there's the one damn. from the bar fight hey buttercup what the fuck you think you're looking at <laughs> yeah. nothing much at all Good one, Forrest. <laughs> Good one. You, you fucking idiot. You got him. You sick, sick burns. I know. This. <laughs> Anyways. This is a weird ass movie. Um, great kills and not great anything else, basically, I'd say, for the, when you really get down to it. Uh, There's some good kills, but this is definitely a movie that you can... <laughs> I mean, you almost need to watch it if you're watching all, like, if you're going through Seagal's, like, who gives a shit about his uh, direct-to-DVD stuff? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really need to watch this, or those, but, like, this is, like, if you want, like, the to see the whole rise and fall of Seagal in film, you kind of need this. Yeah, it feels like a key piece. It's a key piece. It's like the beginning of the end. Right, yeah. Like it's the de- the start of the downturn. Yeah, yeah. Because he's coming, and the funny thing is, he had just worked his way up, you know, to Under Siege, which was his biggest hit. Yeah. And this is the movie immediately following that, because he got to the point where he was like, okay, now I have a little bit of clout. Let me just swing my big old dick around <laughs> and get yeah. this movie made. Okay. He's a real uh, Orson Welles, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's no mark for death, but <laughs> yeah. Anyways, should we rate it? Yeah, let's rate this thing. All right. All right. Uh, well, too bad we didn't get Andy's uh, scores, but you know what? No, no, no. He doesn't show up. He doesn't get to put okay. scores in on okay. this. Okay, <laughs> that's true. He can't lift. He's forfeit. He can't lift this movie up. Um, okay, so I gave plot three. Mm-hmm. I gave kills action four because I didn't think it made me wait. It too did long. make you wait. I, I gave it. A, I gave them a six just okay. because they are pretty good once they get there. Uh, pacing. I gave two. <laughs> um, quotes, tropes, four. My personal reaction, two. Two, wow. Um, that bad, eh? Yeah, my overall score is a three. You didn't care for that dream sequence? <laughs> you know what? I just, I never want to watch this movie again. <laughs> well, that's fair. Uh, I had plot also as a three. I had six for kills because they're nice and brutal. I had a four for pacing. Quotes and tropes I had as a six because there's a lot of funny lines in this. Now some of them are not intentionally funny. Some of them are funny to me for the, for different reasons, but they're funny because they're so fucking stupid. Yes, <laughs> like they're not f- actually funny. They're just I I was laughing like funny haha like I'm a fucking clown funny. <laughs> yes, that funny. <laughs> uh, reaction four. So my overall score is a 4.6. So I love this. You fucking, movie. fucking love <laughs> this movie. You're almost at five. Almost at five. <laughs> All right. So overall 3.8. This is a beaut. It's a beauty. So yeah, we're down. We're down there somewhere. 3.8. Don't have to go far. And it's stands alone. Really? Stands alone at 201 in between Carter from 2022 and dark angel two up from under siege two. Oh man dark angel is better than this movie <laughs> the Dolph, the yeah. Dolph lundgren film um two up from under siege two so it's did be- it did better than under siege yeah. two <laughs> <laughs> which is funny oh wow that is your fault yeah i'll take the blame um okay so you heard it here folks <laughs> on, on deadly ground it's better film than be- under siege two dark territory because after On Deadly Ground, there's like a big tie of a bunch of movies at 3.7. Yeah. And those movies are Dark Angel, Under Siege 2, Rambo, Last Blood, your favorite Waterworld. Water World. Oh, what an injustice. Uh, and Laser Mission. <laughs> oh, yeah, Laser Mission. Oh, man. We'll have to get back to doing some Brandon Lee movies one of these days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's not that many of them. All right. Well, we made it. We got through it. Um, and we learned something. And you know what? About ourselves. We we about learned about the world. spiritual mumbo jumbo. <laughs> and uh, all kidding aside, um, yeah, the earth is fucked. Okay, guys? Yeah, that's true. Um, please don't go kill oil workers, though. It's not okay. Mm, not, we're not yet. We're not, we're not at that stage yet. <laughs> we're not at that stage yet. Uh Thank you for listening. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Action Action Podcast. You can check out our list on Letterbox at Action Action. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. Become a Patreon supporter. The T-shirt, the the logo design for the shirt yeah. is complete. Oh, I haven't even seen this. Before. I have ordered stickers to show you as an example of oh, what it will wait. be. I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, 
And it's awesome. Nice. Okay, it's really awesome. So this has all been a secret project here yep. that James is undertaking. So this will be coming soon, very, very soon. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be out. Oh wow. Awesome. Um, they're on Deadly Ground themed, right? <laughs> I almost feel like Just we a should. Sticker that says, we "What should. does it take to change the essence of a man?" <laughs> just time, action, and time, and the action, action podcast. <laughs> and it's just sad Steven Seagal face. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Let's go, guys.